Welcome to the Marketing and Other Markets podcast with me, Matt Moscow. This is a podcast for real estate industry professionals who are doers. Each episode will feature an interview with a top producer or someone who's doing things differently in an exciting way. For those who already know me or have read my books and blogs, my brand of marketing is tangible and repeatable because we don't all need to reinvent the wheel. Every episode, my promise to you is that you will leave with at least one tangible idea that you can execute on today. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining today. I am super excited for our guest today. We have Michael Hellickson. He's the owner and CEO of Club Wealth. And interestingly enough, uh, I learned from our phone call that at one point he was the number one real estate agent in the country with over 750 pending deals. I know that's enough business to make almost any agent, lender, or professional want to pull their hair out. But uh, it looks like he still has a great head of hair, so it must not have been that big of an issue. We talk a lot about value in my book, on the podcast, and from my short conversation with Michael two weeks ago, he's the king of the value add. In our short call, he gave me probably more ideas than anyone I've talked to in recent memory, and I was the one interviewing him for this show, so that was that was very poignant uh, for our conversation today. For the last six years, Michael has been running Club Wealth, one of the top real estate and mortgage coaching programs in the world. Uh, and I know he could talk for hours today about any any number of sales, marketing, team building issues facing real estate professionals today. But today uh, we wanted to focus on leads, listing leads, cultivating leads, converting leads, and then how um, agents at different levels in their business go about these things differently. So, Michael, welcome to the show today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. So you've you've done a ton as an agent, and now you've built up an awesome coaching program. I know one of the biggest questions is always around leads and generating them, et cetera. But since the market today is so starved for listings, I figured it would be cool if we, if we gave the audience some new ideas for generating listings so that hopefully we can solve single-handedly the inventory problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, there's certainly a lot of ways to generate listings. You know, I think first, you know, as you, as you look at how do I generate listings, you have to look at lead generation as a whole, right, in totality and really understand that. You know, lead generation today is different than lead generation was five, ten years ago. Uh, and in fact, just six, uh, was six, seven years ago, the average agent got 61% of their business from referrals in their sphere of influence, right? And repeat clients. Uh, so we'll lump all that into sphere of influence. And that number dropped from 61% down below 40% here just in the last couple of years. Well, why is that? Well, because 92% of all buyers start their search online and of those 72% work with the first agent they come in contact with. So what you've got is you've got a scenario where people that are solely dependent on referral based business for whether, and whether it's buyer side or listing side, doesn't matter. People that are solely reliant on referral based business are struggling and it's, and they're not right now. It feels like they're doing well, right? Because the market's been great. We're coming through the best market we've seen in my lifetime. Um, and yet, what they don't realize is that as an overall percentage of their business, the referral-based business is dropping as, as an industry. So here's what's really scary. In a recession, right, When in a market shift, whatever you want to call it, and it's coming, whether people realize it, it's already happening right now. Uh, you know, we're already seeing the beginnings of that. And when that happens, when we really shift into that recessive market where all of a sudden people aren't making their forbearances, we're seeing more short sales and REOs, guess what happens? Nobody calls their buddy up and says, Hey, 
if you know, do you have a real estate agent you can refer me to? Because if I don't sell my house right away, I'm going to lose it to foreclosure. <laughs> Nobody says that, right? They're all embarrassed about it. And so they hide from it. And so, you know, you were talking a moment ago when, you know, I had 750 listings in active and pending status. Uh, you know, these, a lot of these people were distressed owners. A lot of these people were people that uh, were embarrassed about their situation, didn't want to tell anybody, didn't reach out. In fact, they were people that you had to really dig hard to go find and to develop a relationship with. So as we approach lead generation, there's a couple of things we have to consider. Number one, referral-based business is not enough. And if everybody's got a pen, you should be writing this down. Number one, referral-based business is not enough. Number two, if I don't diversify my lead flow, I'm going to struggle in the next five years. I have to diversify my lead flow. So you really want, if you want to make a solid six-figure income in real estate, you really want to have between 10 and 15 lead sources, no matter what. If you want to start making a seven-figure income or at least a mid to high six-figure uh, income in real estate, you're going to need to have anywhere from 25 to 35 lead sources. Now, that sounds like a lot, and it is, but you're not going to get there overnight. It's not like all of a sudden you're just going to have all these different lead sources immediately. You're going to develop them over time. I recommend adding one new lead source every three months, so one per quarter. What you want to first do is you want to find that new lead source that you're going to use. Then you want to get it in place. You want to automate as much of it as you can delegate off as much of it as you can and eliminate any unnecessary steps. As you do that, you'll have a great lead source that kicks off stuff in an automated fashion for you. Now you can go add another lead source. Well, and I love, I love hearing that. And I think, you know, one huge piece of that for any realtor or lender out there who's not already doing it is to get to the place where you're able to add all these new lead sources. It's hugely important that you're tracking every single lead received and then the outcome of it. Because what you, what you, if you're not tracking it, it would be impossible to know if it's a worthwhile source. I think a lot of agents are great at knowing how much they closed last year, but they don't always know which lead sources performed for them. Just because your business went up, it doesn't mean that XYZ lead source went up as well. So I love the idea of adding new lead sources, assuming the agent has done the first level of tracking and really scoring grading their leads. Well, you know, you bring up a very good point. A lot of agents also, they, they see that, well, this lead source is doing so much better than this lead source. Why don't I get rid of, you know, it's lead source A is doing really well. Lead source B is doing well, but not as well as lead source A. So why don't I just pour more money into lead source A and get rid of lead source B, which is a bad move. You need to have multiple lead sources. So just because one outperforms another doesn't mean you get rid of the others. What you need to do is you need to keep any lead source that has reasonable ROI. Right? So if my return on investment is there, if I spend a dollar and I get four back, then why wouldn't I keep that lead source? How often can I do that? How often can I spend that dollar and get those four back? Well, and I think also, too, like you have to look at the like what is the cost of working that lead, right? Like which places are you getting leads from that require more of your time? Which places do you get leads from that you enjoy working with more? I mean, is there a difference in the in what you get out of it besides just the the financial ROI, or is there a difference between what you have to put into it? Um, well, you know, now you're talking about ROI versus ROT. Ooh, ROT. I don't time. hear I don't hear about that often. Can you elaborate that for the audience? <laughs> yeah, that's a return on time, and so, and it's very important, right? I mean, especially if you don't want to be working twenty four seven, you're going to have to determine how much time do I spend to get how many dollars. In fact. The most important KPI in your business long-term is not ROI. 
it is, in fact, if you guys want to grab a pen, this is something very good to write down. Your most important KPI is going to be NDPH. NDPH. And that stands for net dollars per hour. Net dollars per hour. You know, it's funny. There's a lot of real estate agents out there. Now, now again, this last two years has been phenomenal. It's been the best two years in the history of real estate that I'm aware of. Uh, but it's changing right now. And the people are going to have to get better to make the kind of money they still make with all the down and pressure on commissions and all the other stuff going on out there, the disruptors, et cetera. But here's the, here's the problem. The problem is people are out there. They're thinking they're making all this money. But if you really broke it down on a per hour basis, how much money are you really, truly making per hour? Not gross, right? There's another problem we see in our industry a lot. Oh, but Michael, I made $150,000 last year. Really? Show me a P&L. My what? You know what? <laughs> Nobody's got a P&L. So they don't even really know how much they really made. Well, you didn't make the hundred fifty dollars or $250,000 last year because you had expenses. By the time I figure out your expenses and I really see your net income, you're probably, maybe if you're lucky, if you're a solo agent, you might be two thirds of that. A team leader, if you've got a, if you've got a team of people, four to 10, maybe more even, uh, a well-developed team even at, tw- at 25 agents on a team is going to maybe net 32%. And so you really have to understand what are my net dollars per hour? And it varies by tier within without getting too deep into the tiers, we could go into a very uh, deep discussion on, you know, okay, if I'm in tier one, so I'm doing zero to 25 transactions a year, I'm a solo agent, I should be netting more dollars um, as it relates, you know, as a percentage of my gross revenue. But my net dollars per hour is a lot lower than a tier five, right? Somebody that's doing 250 to 500 transactions a year and has a well-built out team because they're able to leverage their time with other people's time which you don't get in tier one, right? So it's, there's so many factors to consider. But let's well, I come love back that. I mean, to, that seems oh, like two, I mean, those are two great things anyone can take to the bank. Like number one, you got to have more lead sources and you have to consistently find ways to add more and prune. Number two, you have to understand your net dollars per hour if you want to increase your net dollars per hour. Absolutely. Well, and that's the problem is people don't value their time. They don't understand it. Like, but Michael, if I go out and I just keep it small, I can keep it all. No, that's not what's happening. What's happening is you're trading time for dollars. You have a job. That's it. But if you really, if you're really truly going to build a business, you have to be able to leverage your time with other people's time. You have to be able to leverage technology. You have to be able to increase your net dollars per hour. Now, you can do this as a team leader. Or you can even do this as a member of a team. You don't have to be the team leader to take advantage of that, right? But I'll tell you this, and this uh, this is a bold statement, but I would suggest that people write this down and think about this. If you are not building a team or on a team in the next five years, you're going to struggle because this world's changing. And it's not just the real estate side, it's the mortgage side as well. The mortgage side is really starting to embrace teams finally. The real estate side has been embracing it for just over a decade the mortgage side is really starting to get it. And they're both getting more competitive every single day. Yeah, that so. couldn't be more true. I mean, I, we work on the mortgage side here in our office and uh, out of our top producers, all of them have now morphed into teams. And even our newer producers doing, you know, less than $30 million have started to see certain positions come around that weren't there five years ago. Oh, absolutely. And everybody calls them something different. You know, you've got everything from, you know, it started off, everybody had a processor. Well, great. Everybody's got to have a processor now, right? 
But now you've got LOAs or loan officer assistants. You've got uh, producers. You've got junior loan officers. You've got you've got all these different positions now that support the overall team, and which is really necessary. And it allows everybody. This is what's really interesting. It allows everybody now to actually have a life versus the the old fashioned. You know, I work twenty four seven, and I'm the one that takes all the calls every single. You know. Every single person needs to be pre-qualified. I'm the one that does it. Every application has got to be taken. I'm the one that does it. You know, nobody could take a vacation. Nobody could get time off on the evenings and weekends. Well, now you've got teams. Now you can rotate those responsibilities. And that kind of leads, that kind of like loops back to one of the original things we were discussing, and that's kind of cultivating those leads because a lot of people figure out how to get the leads. It takes a little bit of time. You have to you have to really track it, really get some details. But once you have those leads everyone oftentimes becomes more obsessed with getting more leads when really cultivating the leads that you have seems to get left for left for uh, someone else to do. So what tips could you give, you know, whether it be lenders or agents for cultivating the leads that they already have? Well, let's start with this. There's three things, write these three things down. There's three things you have to do at a high level if you want to make money in this or any other business. doesn't matter if it's real estate, mortgage, insurance, selling shoes, doesn't matter what it is. Any business, you got to do these three things. Number one, lead generation. Number two, lead conversion. And number three, I'm sorry, number number one is lead lead generation. Number two is lead follow-up. And number three is lead conversion. Now, I want you to think about this. In real estate, as an example, there was nothing, 10 years ago, there was nothing a real estate agent sucked worse at than lead generation. That's We, we just, we, as an industry, we were terrible at it. In fact, Realtor.com and Zillow figured this out and they said, hey, why don't we do the lead generation for the real estate agents? We'll charge them a bunch of money for it and we'll make a ton of money. And guess what they did? They did exactly that. Well, then once they got that figured out, a few years later, they found out, hey, the only thing that real estate agents are worse at than lead generation is lead follow-up. So, hey, why don't we create OpCity and and Zillow Concierge and we'll do the lead follow-up for them and that way they don't have to do that. And they'll pay us a bunch of money for that. Well, guess what? Now they're doing that. And every time we turn around, they're taking bigger and bigger pieces out of the agent's role and segmenting the agent. And what's going to happen is they're going to be left with employees, right? The agents are going to be employees of these companies, and they're going to be W-2 instead of 1099, which is a whole other conversation. But understand this. If you want to get past that, you can. You have to take control of these processes. You have to get good at lead generation. Then you have to get good at lead follow-up. Then you have to get really good at lead conversion. So on lead follow-up, I'm going to make it super, super simple. There's a, there's a very simple, what we call the rule of three. It's a three-step process. So there's six different ways that we follow up, and we're going to do it according to the rule of three. So here's the six ways. We're going to follow up by phone, email, text message, video email, video text message, and my personal favorite is Facebook stalking, right? So you're going to message them on Facebook. And, you know, they used to say, I always love it. You know, people used to say, oh, stocking, that's like a three to five year sentence. I'm like, nope, it's a six figure income today. So that's a bad joke. Just awesome. That that's being awesome. said, <laughs> you gotta, you've got to be tenacious about follow-up. That's really what we're saying, right? There's two things you've got to be on follow-up, fast and tenacious. So I've got to get to that lead right away, and I've got to follow up with it over a long period of time. I've got to be aggressive with the process, but never with the people. Now, what is the rule of three? The rule of three is that I'm going to contact them in one or more of those six ways. Write this down. Three times a day for the first three days. 
three times a week for the next three weeks, three times a month for the next three months. I'll give it to you again. Three times a day for the first three days, three times a week for the next three weeks, three times a month for the next three months. That's 27 times over four months. Very important to do this. Now, if I don't contact them at all during that time, then I'll just leave it to my automated drip systems and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do just automated marketing to them from then forward and I won't be making my phone calls to them and all that. But if I reach them at any point in time there, I'm going to determine at that point based on our conversation what the appropriate follow-up is. My goal is that every day I am personally going to call 115 to 125 people as follow-up calls. Not, I'm not calling cold calls or expireds or fizzos or any of that kind of stuff. I'm doing follow-up calls, so 115 to 125 of those. And if you'll do that, you'll never want for business. But you've got, in order to get there, you've got to really generate a lot of leads on the front end and get really good at following up with them on the back end. I, I now, love to hear that. Now, it's funny because we just interviewed a, an agent who I know is part of your coaching system the other week, and he has a 99.5% response rate um, on his leads. Like he hears back via text message, phone call, or email from just about 100% of the leads that he receives, which a lot of agents receive back from coach 12%. Jason that is Jason Lash, 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> He's also one of our coaches. I love Jason. He's a great guy. But, I mean, you're yeah. putting that much effort into any any strategy or scenario in, in marketing or in your life, and you are going to get better results. So, you know, even if you're out there and you think you're currently doing two or three touches, which is probably close to true, you know, this sounds like a lot. But if you're willing to pay the money to invest in these lead sources or put the time into these lead sources, you may as well maximize your chances of, of cultivating and converting them. Well, you make a whole lot more money that way, right? I mean, think about how much money you spend on these leads to begin with. And some of the lead sources are free, but at the end of the day, somehow they're getting paid, whether they're getting paid up front or they're getting a referral fee on the back end. At some level, at some point, you're paying for these leads. So getting the highest ROI on every lead source is critically important, and it's a lot more cost-effective than going out and buying more leads. Now, that said, there's another step, right? So we got lead generation, lead follow-up, and then the final step is lead conversion. And interestingly, we can take a lesson, and this is kind of a, I get, I get, I get in trouble once in a while, depending on the audience when I share this one, but I'm going to share it with you guys anyway. There's a group of individuals out there that are way better than real estate agents and, and lenders at converting leads to appointments, right? So number one, we have to understand our goal is to get that appointment. So who's really great at lead conversion? Who's really awesome at converting their leads to clients? Well, it's drug dealers, <laughs> right? I mean, think about this for a second. First of all, I've never done drugs. So don't freak out on me, but understand this. Drug dealers, they've got, they've got a product that can kill their clients. They can get thrown in jail for, the, for selling their product. They're, they're, it's a very risky profession. A lot of those guys get shot and all kinds of stuff. And yet, they are killers at, converting leads, right? They are killer at getting people to become clients. How do they do it? What do they know that real estate agents don't know? Super simple, right? First one's free, then you got to pay. First one's free, then you got to pay. They give them a little taste before they ask you to buy their product, right? I'll give you an example. With real estate agents, what do real estate agents do? Before they go out and show somebody a property, they want to make sure they get pre-qualified or pre-approved, right? 100%. Horrible. That's like the sales prevention team. Why would you do that? You're going to make me jump through hoops before you'll even show me the house? That feels a lot like you're not serving me. I'm serving you, <laughs> right, as the client. 
we're in a customer service industry. We have to serve these people. So I'll show anybody a house once. Absolutely first one's free then you gotta take because what's our product? The product isn't the house. The product is us, right? If I'm an agent, if I'm a lender, I'm the product, right? It's not, and, and, and we use lenders as an example. If the rate is the product, you're a commodity. You don't want the rate to ever be the product. You're the product. It's your service. It's your professionalism. It's your knowledge. It's your expertise. That's the product. So let's give them a chance to experience the product. And so once they do, I can build rapport. I can build a relationship and I can do business with them long-term. So it's a very different paradigm. That's one, again, that the drug dealers have figured out, right? Give them that taste. So uh, once I've mastered that, then everything else is semantics. Everything else can be administratively handled. I can hand everything off to my staff. I don't have to be the one doing it. And that's where teams come into play because I want to be going out and doing the things that are highly paid. And that, again, is the lead generation, lead follow-up, and lead conversion. So that said, we need leads. So I'm going to give you guys, and can I, can I do this really, really quick now, yeah, Nash? Yeah, I give yeah, them yeah absolutely. So I've got, so there's about 2,000 lead sources in real estate today. Uh, we have about 109 of those that we recommend to our clients. What I'll do for everybody that's listening right now, I will give each and every one of you 17 of my best lead sources. I'm going to give you a phone number and you're going to send a text message to this phone number. Now, I'll take this a step further. Those of you that do it right now, I will not only give you 17, I'll actually give you 31 of them. If you wait until after this podcast is over, then I'll give you 17. But those that take action right away, I'll give you 31. So here's the number. So you're going to send uh, text messages to 727-287-5993. Again, it's 727-287-5993. And you're going to text the words Club Wealth to that number. And when you do, we're going to respond. It's going to ask you for your email address, and then we're going to send you those those lead sources. Now, that said, don't try and implement them all at once. Start with the free ones. Start with the ones where you don't have to invest a bunch of money in them, right? But with the referral fee-based sources, go get signed up for those. Those are easy. And then, and remember, you're not going to get, the, the goal is not to get one lead source that brings me 100 leads a month. The goal is to get 20 or 30 lead sources that each bring me three, four, five leads a month. Now I've got more leads than I know what to do with, and it's from a varied enough pool of sources that my income doesn't fluctuate all the time with the quality of that particular lead source. I love that. And I think another big thing, because I know our time is kind of running up, another big thing you mentioned at the very beginning of our call is you can't just rely on one lead source. So if you are someone that relies on sphere of influence, which we talk about in almost every episode, right? It's the pillar of 99% of businesses. We're not saying that it shouldn't be the pillar of your business, but it is important to diversify and add in at least some other lead sources into the pool or some other technology that can help you get in front of your own people. Even if you have 10,000 people in your database, you're probably not hitting them in every place they are. Some of these sources would give you a second a second chance at that. So if you take away anything from this today, the rule of three, following up with everybody like crazy, making sure you structure and build your real estate mortgage business as a business with the right people around you. And finally, make sure that you add multiple sources and prune those sources often. Michael, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. And everyone, if you haven't already checked out Club Wealth, give them a look. They are offering a ton of free value right now.
I love it. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. You bet. Thanks for listening. The Marketing and Other Markets podcast is proudly supported by Neighborhood Loans and Treadstone Funding. Visit them online to see a new type of culture and energy in home lending. For more actionable real estate marketing tips and tricks, check out my book, The Tangible Action Guide for Real Estate Marketing, available on Amazon. Interested in being on the show? Reach out to us via Instagram at mattmusket88. See you next time.